Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. In part one of our captivating podcast episode with Alessandra Marini, we embarked on a transformative journey uncovering the power of coaching and self-awareness. Alessandra's insights and expertise left us inspired to unlock our full potential and create healthy work environments. Now, as we delve into part two of this enlightening conversation with Alessandra, get ready to explore the keys to thriving in the digital age. We'll dive deeper into finding pride in your work and focusing on meaningful tasks, as well as the importance of balance and self-care for leaders. In part two, we'll also tackle change management during digital transformations and discover how coaching can help navigate the ever-evolving business landscape. Alessandra's strategies and perspectives will empower you to create fulfilling work environments and embrace change. Don't miss out on this continuation of our podcast with Alessandra Marini. Get ready to unleash your potential and thrive in the digital age. Stay tuned for another empowering and transformative conversation. One question that I usually help my clients to, yeah, one question that I ask my clients is, what makes you proud of your week or proud of your day or your month? And this could be criteria that help them see if they have worked properly with a good result in performance or not not amount of hours. And so they usually say, for example, yes, I feel proud of myself when I handle this amount of uh, difficult emails receiving from uh, complaints, etc. or if I did that amount of work, or if I helped X amount of uh, colleagues through difficult situations. This, for me, is a real shift. So this was the first point that I wanted to highlight. And as we were saying previously, People are looking for more balance in their life and leaders really need to, to take this into account as well. Otherwise, it can lead to burnout because now the level of self-awareness we have about ourselves is increased. We know that we can do the same job maybe in less hours, etc. And when there is a lack of meaning, a lack of sense in what we are doing, this can also lead to burnout. Burnout is not just the working extra hours or doing extremely difficult things or jobs, but it's when we don't see the point of what we're doing. So I think that little by little, the, the job of leaders become a little bit more difficult or more complex, let's say, because they have to take into account so many new different things. And this is why I think that coaching can help, but they cannot do it. They can if they want but it's going to be more difficult to do it by themselves. So why not asking for some help to, to just to help find their inner wisdom about this and also maybe have some tools and strategies of, about how to do it better. Cool. As you mentioned, yeah, like it, 
this is one of the uh, things that resonate with me in terms of it's not just about the amount of work that the team's is doing, but it's about how to help them connect uh, the work and the meaning of the work of, like you said, finding a purposeful work to do. And like you said, there's so many things that is going on and a manager suddenly feels that, hey, it's not just managing, delegating, teaching, but figuring out the well being connecting the path, self-caring for myself. Yeah. That probably explains the, the demand for coaching, right? Like even if you think about like, for example, like the modern sports like basketball, soccer or football, you know, those successful big clubs, they have a manager. Everybody look at the spotlight on the manager. But surprisingly, there's a lot of research that they actually increase a lot of uh, para coaching uh, or para sports coach, right? I'll be a coach for I'm saying in, in the field of soccer, there'll be a coach for uh, striking. There'll be a coach for psychology. There's a coach for team dynamics. Where do you see that this kind of coaching come into play? When business leader, they say, hey, my company is in the need for digital transformation. And we definitely need coach coaching to help the managers and the leaders to work through the challenges of digital transformation. So I would like to say two things about what you are asking, because the first thing is on what you said about sales care for managers. I think that we see often managers as people that need to protect their teams or they need to take care of others, et cetera, et cetera. But the first thing, the first very thing they need to do is take care of them. Because when they do not do it, of course, it will reflect on the way they work with other people with their team members. There is this expression that I really like in English that is that you cannot pour from an empty cup. So if you have uh, nothing left for you because uh, you burn out yourself or you are an overgiver, you're a people pleaser, etc., it's going to be hard to give what your team members need from you. So how you as a manager also set boundaries about what is acceptable for you and for your team members. And this is key. What I see is that sometimes I coach and I train managers that are so committed to their work that they burn themselves out. And this is a very big danger. So how do you take care of yourself is the first big question for managers. And then the second point about uh, how to, you know, about this digital transformation struggle. I think that coaching can really help in uh, change management. What I usually say is that digital transformation scares a lot of people. Because uh, they are used to work in a certain way. They have their own habits and it's easy for them to do things in a certain way because it's familiar. When you change, especially in the digital tools, etc., um, so people, especially the older generations, can feel threatened by it. So they resist it. And uh, one thing that I, that I use coaching for is change management. How can I help people realize that this is going to be beneficial for them? And also, what is the underlying fear that uh, team members feel when they hear about this uh, change, this transformation? What are they afraid of? And what need maybe they're afraid that is going to lack in their daily life? And once you have this empathy and this curiosity, I think that you can create a deep connection with your team members and uh, find a strategy that uh, helps help the company in the long run because uh, you're not pushing the strategy for digital transformation, but you are co-creating this strategy with your team members based on their needs 
and their underlying fears and your empathy as well. Um, very interesting. Alexander, I wanted to talk along that line that you mentioned about a very good point. There's so many different types of coaches, but when leaders need to do digital transformation, the one that you will recommend first is change management. And I have seen change management with all the big consulting brands in-house. And the problem that I see or leaders in, in those situations is they're very skeptic about change managers or change coach, whether you think in-house or vendor. Because the common myth, or I don't call it myth, or their bias is, you see, I hire them and they coach. I can't see the change. I'm just curious, like, what do you have to say about that? Or what's your view? Why would they say that? Or what's your view? The first thing is that I think that leaders that can, that asked support to change, change management consultants or coaches, etc. Maybe they should ask themselves first, what is my criteria to consider this service or the coaching successful? Because it's very easy also to blame consultants or coaches of the non-success of this if they were not clear in the first place. Okay, so as a coach, I try as much as possible because sometimes it's a hard questions and it's not easy as well. I recognize that. I help clients to understand, okay, what do you expect from this? What are the outcomes? Because of course, I don't want to talk about the mean or my way to get you there, but I want you to tell me where do you want to go? What is your criteria to consider this, this service that I'm providing, et cetera, as performance? Okay. And then, of course, you create your program or your way of helping the client or the company sense to a bit of clarity. But I also realize that uh, when we talk about soft skill, especially change management, sometimes it's a little bit more uh, trickier, let's say, to uh, monitor the progress. But this is why it is even more crucial to identify what are our criteria and our indicators that show the progress towards this goal. Cool. So yeah, you, for those folks out there listening to this, I think Alexander has this golden rule of thumb like in change management is that what is the criteria for leaders and managers to engage change, change coach or change manager to be considered successful, right? Because if they don't know where to go, how do they know, you know, how things are being measured, right? Next interesting question is that these days, the, the bars and the, on the internet is this chat GPT thing. And of course, it has been a great boost for productivity. But there's also a lot of recent articles that wrote about the human being, actually a journalist or some manager, they actually tried to talk therapy with chat GPT. About mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to doubt that the chat GPT is not intelligent enough. But I still feel that there's a need to have a human or coach to work on this kind of personal things and avoid soft things and hard things. What is your view on that? Yeah, yeah that is a very hot topic right now. And I admit I started to use as well ChatGPT for to help me in my communication, to help me to use the right or more effective wording in my communication. But as you were saying, it doesn't do all the work. And uh, we still need human interactions, especially in coaching. I really believe that today it's very easy to access information through artificial intelligence, ChatGPT, internet, resources, it's everywhere. But when people come to coaches, they don't come for information. They come for transformation. And this is why, in my opinion, coaching has a lot of future in front of us. because. 
coaches need to be able to read and to hear behind the word. And actually, artificial intelligence right now is like a bi-dimensional. What you write is what you will get. But when you talk to people, you can sense when you tune into your own intuition and when you have experience as well, what the person is not saying, but uh, that is trying to communicate with you. So there is this unconscious level of communication that coaches need to be very good at in terms of, for example, body languages or the tone where we say certain things. And so in my opinion, coaches need to be very well aware and become very good at these skills, how to read other people's facial expressions or just the tone of voice or I don't know, and just also tune into our own intuition. And this is something that I think chat uh, GPT or others are not able to do yet. Yeah, I totally agree with you that the, the nuances and the empathy is more human than the text, like the two-dimensional thing. You can't, the chat GDP can't actually, let's say I'll give you a, a real funny example. As a real one, by the way, a friend of mine, he put some money in PayPal and PayPal in, decided to use some chat GPT API, some in, information connector uh, on a customer service chat. So it's like a chatbot, right? And he said to the PayPal chatbot, hey, PayPal chatbot, and then the reply is, hey, how are you today? No, today I'm not feeling good. Oh, why are you not feeling good? Are you chat GPT? He said, yeah, I'm chat GPT. Uh, how can I help you? He said, oh, I just noticed some of my money is gone at PayPal. And the chat GPT said, oh, that's really a That was the means that I was praying throughout the whole because the chat GPT probably interpret it differently from a human being, right? Human beings will know that some you put money in a bank and the bank money is missing means something is wrong. You should feel the common sense thing like human beings feel empathy, feel sorry, right? But hey, great. That's really... Yes, empathy, sarcasm, what is said through jokes as well. We can maybe sometimes hear that there is something deeper when we say jokes or when we say things with sarcasm. And I think that, yes, digital tools right now are not able to understand that yet. Yeah, cool. We've reached the end of part two of our captivating podcast episode with Alessandra Marini, where we dive into the keys to thriving in the digital age. Alessandra's insights on finding pride in your work, balancing self-care, and navigating change management left us inspired to create fulfilling work environments. But our exploration continues. As we transition into part three of our conversation with Alessandra, get ready to uncover essential strategies for embracing change and boosting productivity in the digital age. Alessandra will share her expertise on fostering trust, overcoming resistance to new technologies, and creating a safe space for growth and innovation. In this episode, we'll delve deeper into cultivating meaningful relationships with team members, addressing job security concerns during digital transformation, and navigating change with courage and transparency. Alessandra's insights and strategies will empower you to effectively lead your teams through times of change and maximize productivity in the digital landscape. So stay tuned as we continue our insightful discussion with Alessandra Marini in part three. This episode promises to provide you with practical strategies and valuable insights for embracing change and driving productivity in the digital age. Don't miss out on this empowering conversation that will equip you with the tools you need to thrive in a rapidly evolving world. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.